Hello and welcome to the ITP Business Brief, your source of business news and insight on the Middle East's economic heartbeat. I'm your host, Carla Certain, Group Editor of the B2B Division at ITP Media Group. Here are my picks of the week. OPEC on Wednesday decided that it will cut its production levels by 2 million barrels per day, despite apparent pleas from the U.S. just ahead of the nation's midterm elections, where the prices at the pump play a key role. The editor of Oil & Gas Middle East, Faiza Rizvi Rahman, is here to discuss. Now, Faiza, we've been speculating all week, and we expected to see a cut, but I think we were both surprised by the amount. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit about um, the actual implications for global supply? Absolutely. Um, well, yes, like you said, we were all uh, a bit surprised with that decision. And analysts, uh, Carla, were also expecting somewhere between 500,000 uh, to 1 million. But this decision of cutting production by 2 million barrels per day starting November is definitely a big decision and will impact all uh, markets in a very significant manner. Um, however, it's important to note, Carla, that this decision will have a smaller impact on, on the global supply than the headline numbers suggest, the 2 million barrel figure, uh, because several member countries were already pumping well below their quotas, uh, which means they would already be in compliance with these new limits um, without having to reduce production, actually. Uh, but honestly, you know, really looking at the bigger picture, the decision of the largest oil-producing countries, which are the OPEC, um, including Russia, it's important to note, comes at a time when really much of the world is already battling soaring energy costs. And then there's this whole energy crisis situation in Europe, which, which will which the decision will impact as well. Um, you know, it's also important to note, Carla, that oil prices have fallen roughly $80 a barrel for more than 120 barrels, if you look in early June. And, um, you know, like a lot of analysts are also saying that this decision from OPEC is is meant to, you know, this is what OPEC is meant to do. It's here to balance, you know, oil markets. So some analysts are saying that really this decision is targeting you know, this, the, the oil prices. So it's really um, nothing to be uh, surprised about. However, White House, I must say, is very disappointed with this decision. Um, the White House actually said in a statement that Biden was, and I quote, disappointed by the short-sighted decision by OPEC plus to cut production, uh, while the global economy is dealing with continued negative impact of um, Russia's invasion of Ukraine. So now um, it's also important to note that Biden has also directed the Department of Energy in U.S. to release another 10 million million barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve next month, uh, which I'm sure U.S. oil and gas producers are not very happy about <laughs> because, you know, there's always this push that they want to produce more and the policies are not very, very favorable for more oil and gas production. Um, the White House um, also said that uh, Biden administration will consult with Congress on additional tools and authorities to reduce so much control that OPEC has over energy prices. Oh wow, that's interesting. That's uh, it'll be interesting to see what those tools are. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, st typically the U.S. producers have played sort of a reactionary role in the market, so right. reacting to existing supply and demand and to OPEC decisions. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if this has any sort of impact on that. Those tools, those <laughs> aforementioned tools. Right. Um, yeah, but as you've said, I mean, producers in OPEC 
have not necessarily been reaching their quotas in any case. So right. yes. I'm, I'm guessing we'll see the most, um, the biggest cut from Saudi Arabia. Yes, yes, correct. Saudi Arabia has repeatedly also said, Carla, and I think we saw this this on oil and gas Middle East uh, and and KSA um, over yesterday about how Saudi Arabia has been has been um, focusing on the fact that. The spare capacity, the spare production capacity is limited. And honestly, all the all the burden of spare production capacity just falls in Saudi Arabia, which is unfair. Um, so both Saudi and UAE authorities have continuously been calling out for more investments in fossil fuels. And they've said that let's not transition to green energy before having sufficient energy in place. So um, there's always this discussion around not having that. And also one more impact of this decision, like I also said earlier, would be interesting to see how U.S. really responds to this because, um, you know, U.S. Senator Chris Murphy actually said that OPEC plant plus plans to cut oil production are a mistake and that, you know, they would reevaluate. And this is a very strong statement that they would reevaluate the alliance between United States and Saudi Arabia. And U.S. President Biden, as we know, visited about three months ago um, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. And his his main, his main one of the main reasons of the visit was convincing Saudi Arabia not to cut back production because with the midterm elections coming up, this the rise in prices would not be good for the Biden administration. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this impacts geopo- geopolitics and the relationship between the U.S. and Saudi Arabia. Yes. Um, hard to tell at the moment, really. Um, Anyway, moving on, looking closer to home, still on the energy front, uh, BIA, which is a sustainability company in the UAE, has launched a commercial and industrial waste recycling plant, which uses robotics and an AI system to identify and separate waste. It's part of the Emirate Sharjah's goal to achieve 100% landfill waste diversion this year. Um, And if you don't speak Arabic, BIA literally translates to environment. Uh, We've seen a lot of interesting projects coming out of Sharjah, including waste to energy plants. So it'll be interesting to see if um, probably one of the lesser known uh, emirates in the energy sphere is able to tackle uh, sustainability sooner than its peers. Now, diving deeper into advanced tech, Jitex is just around the corner starting on the 10th of October. Adele Geronimo, who is the editor of our tech-focused title, ITP.net, has the scoop on what you can expect from the show this year. Hi, Carla. Thank you so much for having me. So, yes, um, Giatex is coming up. Um, It's going to happen next week, um, starting from 10th to the 14th of October. So, Giatex, as we all know, is the most awaited technology event, not only here in the region, but all over the world. Um, This year is actually the event's 41st edition and like previous um, previous years it promises to feature you know the latest trends and technologies in uh, this in, in cybersecurity cloud software and also other emerging trends like AI and um, machine learning so um, this year's edition promises to be the biggest one yet. Actually, according to the event's organizers, they are expecting 100,000 visitors from about 140 countries. Wow. Yes. And then um, they have also confirmed uh, participation from 5,000 companies from 90 countries. And the space, oh my God, the space, um, they are spread across 2 million square feet across 26 halls. So it is really the biggest edition. So if you're heading out there next week, Please wear comfy shoes. Yes. <laughs> Good advice from Adele. I've been to Jitex myself, and I remember 
Um, it's quite a lot of walking. There is so much to see and so little time to see it. So yeah, bring yeah. your comfy shoes. Yes, and in terms of you know um, the program features, um, Jitex has announced two um, new features this year, which is the Global Dev Slam, which is focused on you know um, providing a platform for coders and developers to collaborate and connect and as, and you know get a chance to meet you know global tech um, giants such as Amazon. Um, Red Hat, Microsoft, Oracle, Google, um, and also, um, you know, this is part of the UAE's initiative to um, cultivate more um, talents in the coding and develop, um, application development space here in the region. And going to the to the next feature, um, the next feature is called the next new feature is called the Xverse, which is focusing on the metaverse. So. In that in that particular showcase of Jitex, uh, you know, visitors will be able to get a chance to preview the different industry applications of the metaverse. And um, another key theme that will be discussed at Jitex is Web 3.0, which is being touted as the future of the internet. So, um, in the upcoming episode of Techsplain, we actually caught up with Amin Azruni, who's the CEO of Bidu, a UAE-based metaverse and Web 3.0 company. So in the episode, he discussed, you know, the different um, the different foundations of Web 3.0 and how it will impact the industry and how it will propel um, emerging trends such as the metaverse. Yeah, and I, I know I, I already did hear the first episode of Tech Explained, which was all about the metaverse into the metaverse, which I found very helpful. Um, I'm very interested in new technologies myself, but haven't quite wrapped my head around what the metaverse really is and what it really means. So I found that very helpful. Um, and you will be at Jitex, correct? Yes, we will be at Jitex. So we'll be at Hall 1, Stand 46. So if you guys are visiting next week, please come say hi to the team. Okay, great. And finally, a few must-reads this week. Commercial Interior Design interviewed Pallavi Dean of Roar, winner of the Interior Designer of the Year, and she says Metaverse is her priority. Read the article to find out why. Next, find out who's who in real estate with Construction Week's list of the top 50 GCC developers. And there were some surprises in the list this year. Next up, learn about the man behind the largest production in Arab history, Kira and Elgin, as Digital Studio Middle East gets an exclusive interview with Egypt's Ahmed Al-Mursi. That's a really interesting cover feature from Digital Studio. And finally, are you going to be at Adipak this year? So are we. Come and find us at Stand AB03. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about any of the stories mentioned in this podcast, subscribe to my LinkedIn newsletter or simply check the reference links listed for the podcast. Otherwise, until next week. Bye.